Welcome to the Connectedness Podcast. Just as you might have guessed, I talk about connection in this podcast, our connection with everything in the world around us. We're connected whether we see it or not, whether it's your connection with your dog and your cat or your connection with your God. Also, I talk about things that are more abstract, like your connections with your career or your land, your community, your family, your emotions, your body. Life is truly all about connections. And the sooner we recognize this, the sooner we get to have an easier, more enjoyable life. I'm going to talk about these connections through different lenses, but things like synchronicities and coincidences or everyday little bits of magic or miracles that we tend to dismiss. It's important we pay attention to all of this to help us, like I said, live an easier, more satisfying life. So welcome to the show. I'm your host, Reverend Karen Cleveland. Hello again. Today I want to share my personal story of evolution in this process of exploring my connection with God and with myself and with all things. In sharing my story, I'm hoping that It helps you to see some things that are possible if you're not already aware of that. Sometimes just hearing how someone else went through it can help us out ourselves. Let me just start by saying that it really wasn't all that long ago that life sucked. There was just no way around it. I was discouraged. I was resigned. I was just living a miserable life. I didn't like where I lived. I didn't like my job. I didn't get to see my friends very often. There were all kinds of factors that fed into why I felt like my life wasn't going as good as it could. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm extremely grateful for having the family discount at the house I was living in, but I didn't care for the house very much. In fact, I was a little bit embarrassed by it, so I never had my friends over, and That was a big part of it that I like to entertain. I like to have people over and I just didn't feel comfortable inviting people over. In fact, I was so broke. So I was getting the family discount because I didn't have a lot of money. And I was living payday check, payday loan to payday loan. Now, if you have ever lived payday loan to payday loan, you know what a horrible cycle it is. Because you get your paycheck and you have to pay the loan place. They take a good chunk of your money usually because that's what you got the loan for plus their fees. So then you're not left over with any money to live for the next two weeks. So then you got to get another loan to make it through the next two weeks till it starts all over again. And then at least in Washington state, there's a limit on how many payday loans you can have in a year. And so at some point, you don't get that extra money to live the next few weeks till your next paycheck. So then you continue to get behind on everything. It's a miserable process. I was doing that. I was just paying the minimum on my credit cards that were at max, of course. I would pay down as a little bit and use that extra credit to go to the grocery store or something like that. I didn't like my jobs at all. I had more than one job. I worked part-time for one company where I got my health care 
and it paid a decent wage. It was a pretty good wage, so I had to keep this part-time job, but I hated it. I liked the people okay, but the actual employer itself I did not like. I didn't like the job itself, the tasks I was doing, but I had to keep it. That also meant I had to fill in some extra hours other places, so I worked for different people doing different things for the rest of the time, just in order to put enough money together to pay my bills. And it was hard. I was going to different jobs on different days. I had to figure out what time to get up. What time is it today? Where am I going today? What am I doing today? Do I have enough gas to get to work today? It just was not an easy time in my life. And it's not that I hadn't already been learning some of the stuff I'm going to talk about in this podcast, some of this connection and spiritual practices, that kind of stuff. I knew about it, and I was actually talking to animals during this time, so I was an animal communicator, but I just didn't know how to apply these principles and practices on a consistent basis so I could create a better life for myself long term. I might have been able to bring in some things temporarily when I needed something really urgently, but overall life was not satisfying. I felt no meaning to it. I was not happy. And I just felt like I was getting bounced around, like life was happening to me and I had no say in the matter. Life was just happening to me. Then eventually I hit a point and it was December of that year. And I just remember I couldn't take it anymore. I just couldn't take it anymore. I knew that not only was I not living my best life, far from it, but I was not living in a way that I felt was empowering for my kids to see me. Now, my kids were adults, young adults, but I still didn't like the fact that they were seeing their mother not living in her own personal power and being so disempowered in this way. And I thought, this is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. I've read books. I've seen people make significant changes in their lives. If they can do it, I can do it. I'm going to do it. So I did it. I committed myself to a 30-day period. And I told myself, I'm going to do this for 30 days and see what happens. I'm just going to do it. Because, like I said, I had learned so many of these principles and practices before. I knew a lot of how to do things. I just wasn't doing them. So I picked up one of my favorite books, and this was my third time reading this book. But I knew I liked the book. I knew I liked the principles she talked about and had used some of them before with moderate success. Like I said, I just wasn't consistent. So I picked up Edwin Gaines' Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity. And I said, Edwin, I'm going to do this for 30 days. You got 30 days to prove to me this is going to work. So I got started doing everything she said in the book, plus more. I bought the audio version of the book so I could listen to it on the way to work. And I got a brand new notebook and I just got to work doing the things that she said to do. I'm not going to tell you everything she says. There's some release work. There's some gratitude work. There's some goals. There's just a lot of different things. So I was doing that in addition to other practices I had heard about. Now, here's the thing. I'm an animal communicator and I was at this time. I w- was doing most of these practices with the animals already. 
I just never realized it. I never understood that my relationship with the universe, my relationship with God, is a lot the same as our relationship or my relationship with the animals when I was trying to connect and communicate with them. What do I mean by that? So some of the things that I was doing, not all of these are in Edwin's book, but some of the things I was doing was the meditation in the morning in spiritual connection with God. And the thing is that getting quiet and that being mindful and receptiveness, that's the same thing I need to do when I was going to have a session with an animal. I'd sit down and I'd get quiet and I'd initiate a conversation with the animal. Exact same thing, but why wasn't I doing that with me and my relationship with God? I don't know. Never thought of it. So I'm sure you've probably heard about visualization, where we basically play a picture or a movie in our head about the outcome we'd like for something. It's not that I didn't know how to visualize. I just never did, or rarely did, not on a regular basis again. But every time I had an animal communication session and I had to encourage that animal to change a behavior, that's exactly what I was doing. So for example, if we needed the dog to start going outside to go to the bathroom, when I was talking with the dog, I would play this little mind movie showing the dog that we walk through the house, outside the door, and use the lawn or wherever, go outside and go to the bathroom. Sometimes I would show the dog to ring the bell so the person would open the door. Same thing with the cat in a litter box. I would have to show the cat in a mind movie, a visualization, how to walk through the house, go to the litter box, and use the litter box instead of what they were using before. It's the exact same practice as if you want to visualize how a meeting goes with your boss or walking into a family reunion. The visualization in creating what we want in life is the same thing as I was using to help create what we wanted for the animals in their lives or in their people's lives. And so if you have pets at home, Sit down with them, focus on them, and show them pictures of what you want, because that's how I connect with animals. Pictures, primarily, in our heads. It's weird, okay? It's weird. I can't deny that. But I get information from the animals, and they get information from me, and somehow it all works out. That said, why does this work? How does this happen? It's because... We create pictures when we talk. We create pictures when we listen in our heads. So if I'm talking to you about a mountain with the sun on it and the snow on the top and there's trees and there's some skiers, maybe there's a lodge off to the side, but the sun is shining. It's warm, but it's brisk. And there's snow sparkling all over the mountain. There's a good chance you have an image of a mountain in your head. And as I'm saying it, I'm getting an image of a mountain in my head. Now, I'm not showing you a picture. I'm not looking at a picture. That's something our mind does. For In most people, it creates 
images in our heads, and these images are what the animals pick up on from us. And if you remember from the last episode, we're animals. <laughs> so if I'm picking up on the pictures, if my cat is picking up on the pictures, this is how we connect with animals. This is how animal communicators work. Also feelings, okay? Also sometimes words, but a large portion of us use pictures. If I am trying to tell an animal to do, I want to make sure the picture in my head matches what I'm telling the animal. So I'm not going to tell the animal, stop peeing on the carpet. Why am I not going to say that? Because you can't unpicture something just because you say stop or don't. Okay, so the picture created is peeing on the carpet. You don't say that. You always say what you want. And it's not about being negative or being affirmative. It's not like saying aff affirmations to make yourself feel good. It's about creating the pictures you want and putting that out into the world. As I was just saying, that's what goes into the world. That's what we are creating for ourselves. That's what our brain thinks we want and is going to try to achieve for us. So if you say for yourself about your own life, if you say, I don't want my job, I don't like my job, okay? I don't want my job anymore. You're not going to negate that image. You, the image is like my job or want my job. So your brain thinks you want your job. So you're gonna be staying at that job for a while. What you got to do for yourself and for your pets, might as well have a little animal communication teaching session here while I'm at it because it's the exact same thing. <laughs> Say what you want. I want a new job. I want a job where I'm appreciated. I want a job that I love. I want to be fulfilled at my job. I want a job where I make a lot of money. Whatever it is, just don't say what you don't want. Same thing for the cats or dogs. Go to the bathroom outside, use the litter box, whatever it is, say what you want. So the pictures created in your head are what you want and not what you don't want. Now, in addition to the pictures that we're creating in our heads, there's the emotional part of it. So if you have a strong emotion behind what you're saying or thinking, then your brain or the cat says, oh, yeah. She really wants this. She's got a lot of emotion behind it. And it doesn't really matter if it's good or bad emotion because it just registers high on the energy scale. It doesn't matter if you're angry or extremely happy. Animals do like love best. Of course, who doesn't? But if you're yelling, don't pee on the carpet, that's a lot of emotion. And it's like, all right, all right, I'm going to pee on the carpet. Stop yelling at the universe. I don't want my job anymore because that's not going to work. It's so emotion. Your brain is like, okay, I got it. So be careful. It's okay to have the emotions. It's okay to be passionate about stuff, but just be aware of what you're saying or what you're doing, what you're thinking when you're in that passionate. So just be aware that when you're super passionate about something, the images the words, the thoughts that you're having, they're really important. You want to make sure they are things that you want and not things that you don't want. 
And one more thing about when I connected with animals and the practices that I had started doing to help shift my own life, intention. So when I sat down to connect with animals, I did a little prayer about being very intentional, knowing I was connecting with the animal, knowing I was being honest and truthful and giving it its true voice, and that the person that I that hired me was getting that what they needed and I was giving what the animal needed me to give. Same thing with ourselves. If you're sitting down and getting very intentional with things, it's basically a prayer, just that you are being honest and truthful with yourself and you are doing the things that are for your best. I already talked a little bit about getting quiet when I connect with animals, when I connect with God. It's a matter of sitting down and being quiet and being receptive, asking questions and expecting answers. So when I'm in an animal communication appointment, I expect answers from the animals when I ask them. Same thing with God. If I am sitting in a meditation or in a prayer time with God, and I ask a question, I expect an answer. I was teaching a class one time on spiritual practices. Actually, so what is a spiritual practice? You're gonna hear me use that word a lot or that phrase, spiritual practice, mindful practice, spiritual principle. You're gonna hear me use these words a lot. So what I mean by spiritual practice is anything that allows you to crack open just a little bit so that spirit can get in, God can get in and help bring you to your greater good. Just allow spirit to blossom in us so that we have a bigger perception, a, a bigger possibility of how to move into something that is our greater good. So it can be anything. It doesn't have to be prayer or meditation or gratitude or any of the common practices. It can be art and drawing and writing and it can be all kinds of stuff. But a spiritual practice to me is something that allows spirit to just open something inside us that is going to accept a greater possibility in our lives. Okay, so that said, I was teaching a class about spiritual practices, and I was telling the class about when I sit down in the morning and I talk to my spiritual team, I call it, I talk to God, I ask a question. If I have questions, I ask the question, and then I expect an answer. And one of the students asked me, do you ask the question and then just sit in meditation for a long time until you feel like you have an answer? And that's a really good question because at first, yeah, that's how I did it. But I have pretty high demands on my spiritual team that when I ask a question, I expect an answer right away. These days, I don't have specific questions most of the time, but I always ask, what do I need to know today? How can I support someone or what is mine to do today? I ask those kind of questions. If I don't get an answer, that's okay. Maybe something comes later, but when there's something really important, I do get it right away. Should I move 
cross country? Should I go to the casino? Should I get married? You are probably getting an answer right away. Perhaps you're just not trusting it. Perhaps you still have a question because you haven't done it enough to trust it. Okay, so that was an aside about how I was using a lot of these practices in animal communication already. I just wasn't using them for myself. So once I started using all these practices for myself, things started changing. I told you I gave myself 30 days. What did happen in that first 30 days, I got a new job and I doubled my income. So that was pretty important because that laid the groundwork for everything that came afterwards. And it was pretty fantastic. It was pretty exciting at the time. I have recently quit that job, but that's a whole nother story. So the 30 days was going great. Okay. I'd never stopped. I kept going. And I know that within four months, when I would sit down and I would ask, what is mine to do today? Who do I need to contact today? Buying a house was one of my goals that I had written out initially when I started everything back in December. And let me tell you, I had a whole bunch of objections about ever buying a house. I was single at the time. I was pretty certain that me, a single woman, would never ever be able to buy a house by herself in the Seattle area. That was just a belief I had, not to mention the fact I, at the time, I didn't have very much money. I had a terrible credit score. I had filed for foreclosure less than six years previous to that. As I said, I was going paycheck to paycheck. My, my debt to income ratio was horrible. My credit cards were completely maxed out, okay? I did not look good on paper. It was a far stretch to think I'd ever buy a house when I started in December. But by the time April rolled around, when I would sit down and ask, what do I need to do today about buying a house? And I asked this all along and I did a lot of things all along. This isn't the first time I asked. I heard, contact your friend. And I thought, okay, that makes sense because her husband's a home inspector and with my income, I'm not going to be able to buy a very nice house. And so I'll need him to inspect it. All right, I'll contact him and just see what's going on. Turns out I contact them and not only is he a home inspector, but he's a real estate agent. And he was the perfect real estate agent for me because he could go see a crappy house with me and let me know nope, it's going to be too much work, or yeah, this is a good one. So I, I ask those questions every single day. What do I need to do today about buying a house or other things? It wasn't my own goal. He put me in contact with a lender, and she didn't tell me I was crazy, which I was shocked. It's, this is where it's all going to go south. I'm never going to get a house now, but no, she never told me I was crazy. And I was like, wow. I might actually be able to do this. So I just kept working the program. I kept doing everything Edwin told me to do. I kept doing all my other practices, kept working on all my goals. I had to do a lot of work on my personal belief systems and my mindset work because 
I had a crappy money mindset from the time I was a very young child. I had a lot of goals and a lot of stuff to work on. And I'm just telling you about the house specifically, but there were so many other things that started to evolve in that following year after starting doing these things. Another one was travel. I love to travel. I was a travel agent for a while specifically because I wanted to travel many years ago. But in the previous couple of years, I didn't travel much because I had no money. And so let me tell you the timeline. I started doing all the practices in December. After I got my job, a friend was like, hey, you want to take a trip to Kenya? And I was like, oh my God, yeah, bucket list. I had always wanted to go to Kenya, but when you don't have any money, it's not something you can do. I imagined in my head just how expensive this was going to be, but I thought it's okay. Hopefully I can get the time off work. It's going to be okay. And we were planning this trip to Kenya and I'm going to talk about Kenya in, in other episodes, but all these things started coming together. And I will tell you, I moved into my house in October and I, two weeks later, I went to Kenya. <laughs> Once I started seeing my connection to everything, again, I was doing this in animal communication. I wasn't doing it in my own life for myself. And once I started seeing how everything tied together like that and just kind of living in connection with world, with life, with everything, then I really started to understand the natural cycles, the harmony, the balance of life. And that even though everything is not perfect, crappy things are going to happen. There's this, this, baseline inner knowing that it's always going to be okay. Everything's always to, going to be okay. And that is priceless. That is absolutely priceless. Once you know you are being supported in life, once you know that things are going to go good, things are going to go bad, and it's all going to even out in the end, everything's going to be okay. You can rest, you can breathe, you can relax into knowing life is good. Life is good. That was kind of a long story about how I started my personal transformation, but it's not just a one-time thing. It's an ongoing life-changing thing. And how I started that, I want you to be able to start that process. If you're in any of those places as well, you don't necessarily have to have been as bad off as I was. If there's some things you'd like to change, there's some things that you can do to start being open to the greater awareness of, of the connectedness of life and how to intentionally use this for your own good. Let me help you start with this. The tip I want to give you today is how is life supporting you? How are you being supported in life by things outside of yourself? It doesn't mean you have to have a spouse or a parent or a child supporting you. I'm talking about something bigger, something much bigger in life that is supporting you in living and in living okay and in being okay. Let me help you start. For example, did you have hot water this morning in the shower? Did you have something to eat in the refrigerator or the cupboard? 
Did you have coffee or tea? Did your car start this morning? Did you have heat or air conditioning in your house or apartment? Did you have water to drink or clean clothes to put on? So all of these are just really small ways that you're being supported. And you might argue with me, well, not really because I'm paying for that. Yeah, I know. I know you pay for hot water. I know you pay for a car to start. I know you pay for food and for coffee and for tea. But how many times have you paid for these things and they didn't work? Have you ever gone out and had the car not start? Have your heater break? Be out of coffee? So look at the things that did work today. What did work like it's supposed to? And as you start to look at these things, you can start to see that most of the time you are being supported. And these are sometimes some of the same things that we look at in a gratitude practice, but this is going to be a little bit different because this is just going to be looking at how life was made easy for you today. And why we're doing this is because the more you look at how life is easy, the easier life is going to be. Our brain is just wired that way. That when we see something we like, we're going to look for more of it. When we start focusing on something, we're going to start seeing more of it. Okay, so how have you been supported? Even if it's not cash, did someone buy you a coffee today? Did someone give you a donut at work? Did someone give you some kind of a coupon for a free meal somewhere or a book or a gift? These are all small ways that the universe is supporting you. These are all small ways that God is supporting you. Just all these little daily activities that go right. I recommend every night you can write it down or you can just go through it mentally and make a list. How were you supported today? Because like I said, the more you find yourself being supported, the more supported you're going to be. I really, really would love to, to interact with you about this. So please go to my Facebook page, email me, go to revkarenpodcast.com and let's have a conversation about it. All right, take it easy and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to head over to RevKarenPodcast.com. That's R-E-V-K-A-R-E-N Podcast.com. There you're going to find the tools for finding more meaning and happiness in your own life. Plus, if you have a story that you want to share with me, either on or off the air, be sure to look for that form. Make sure you follow me so you get notified when new episodes drop. And also, I'd love to connect with you in my Facebook group, connectedness with Rev Karen. So head over to RevKarenPodcast.com. I hope to see you there.